Check, 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 check. Am I on? Am I on? What am I doing? What am I doing? Check. Good. Good. I'm not in the box, am I? You're good. Let me make sure. Yep, I'm, I'm unmuted. I just can't hear myself. Listen, you know how hard it is to get up and talk after you've had music blaring in your ears? So please bear with me if I'm yelling at you for a couple of minutes. How is everybody doing? Yes, yes. Hey, this is awesome. We're having a family Sunday uh, today, and I look around, and all I see is a house full of adults that came to sneak and steal some kids' Kona ice today. So um, that's amazing. No, it's, it's going to be great. I love Kona ice. Um, hold on. So family Sunday is an amazing time, um, but that also means our kiddos are here. Thank you, Miss Emily. My beautiful kiddo is sitting right here in the front row. So if you see me start to turn red or anything uh, during this sermon, it's because I'm fighting the urge to get off stage is just... No, I'm just kidding. I love my kid. My kid is really good. He's awesome. Um, and he's, he's going to help me preach today. Isn't that right, buddy? You going to help me preach? When? We talked about this. This is, this is really embarrassing. I just want to let you know, you're really letting me down. Um, so again, I want to welcome everybody joining us online. Man, I'm telling you, it's just a great day here in church. We've had fun this morning. We've had fun being able to uh, have our kids in here. We've had fun worshiping. Um, and, and man, I tell you, Honestly, just praying about this service over the last couple of weeks, I've just felt God all over this service. Yes, sir. What's up? You're not really going to help me. I'm just kidding. You help me preach every day. I love you, son. All right. So, uh, Family Sunday. We normally do Family Sunday on every fifth Sunday of the month, but here's the deal. We decided, man, the weather's been really pretty outside, and the heat's been coming up. And can I just be honest with y'all? If I have to start cutting grass already, and I have to start breathing in pollen already, we're going to get Kona ice and have Family Sunday. Amen? So, so we decided to move Family Sunday to this Sunday and, and celebrate it. And again, normally we have like balloons and candy, but we were like, hey, how can we make this one uh, special. And so we reached out to our friends at Kona Ice and they were like, yeah, we would love to sit outside of your church and hand out free Kona Ices to everybody. And so we were like, well, we would love for you to do that. And so we're going to have that Kona Ice. Um, now here's another thing about Family Sunday. First of all, it's kind of geared towards, uh, look at this, Eric's going to laugh because I was like, Eric, I'm not OCD where my table goes. <laughs> Um, and then I moved it. Um, so, but the good, the good thing about Family Sunday for you adults is that means I'm going to preach shorter. All right, whatever. Mm. No, you deserve this awkward silence. Mm. Mm. All right. So check this out. Normally, I, I encourage you to follow along in, in your Bibles and stuff today and 
please feel free. I'm, I will never discourage you, but I want you to know up top that I have some scriptures today and I pulled from different translations. So it, I'm going to kind of be bouncing back and forth. The easiest way to follow along with us today is uh, to follow along on the screens or if you have the version app, um, all the scriptures that we will be using today is in there and it's uh, translation appropriate and all that good stuff. I just thought, man, isn't it amazing how I, I'm 38 years old and I have been a Christian for a lot of that and I've been reading the Bible for a lot of that. I've been a pastor for a lot of that, but, but you can just change the way something was interpreted or something, something was written. You can just change a little thing and it just breaks a scripture wide open and I love it. Now, of course, I am careful to, to pray and use the Holy Spirit and and pick my sources wisely because there's a lot of garbage out there when it comes to uh, Bibles and uh, all that good stuff. I will tell you a story. Um, they are long gone by now. Of course, this is not the case, but I remember when I was going through uh, my uh, credentials school, uh, I learned that the type of Bible that I had was printed by a print company that also subsidized and had other companies that printed pornography material. And so it's really amazing when you start thinking about it. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to change the way I'm going to, I'm going to change that translation. So be careful is all I'm saying. But I vetted these. These are some good ones. Um, but if you want to follow along and not be like, is he reading the same same thing I am. Read it on the screens. Amen? Good? All right. So 1 Corinthians 4, 14, that's where we're going to start this morning. It says, I do not write these things to shame you, but to warn and advise you as my beloved children. Now, I love this right here because, listen, how many parents do this for their kids, especially for their older kids as you can start reasoning with them? Like when, when, you're, when they're a baby, you're just like, please, Jesus, what are you crying about? Is it a diaper? Just help me. Um, but as they start getting older, you can start to reason with them. And what I found, at least with my kids, is that when I calm down the situation and I look at them and I say, hey, it's not that you're just in trouble. It's not that you're just, you know, we're being mean and we're trying to ruin your life. Instead, we're trying to put you on a, on a correct path. And especially with Judah, because Judah is just like me. And so I'm like, listen, buddy, when I'm telling you stuff, it's, it's because I made the same stupid mistake and I'm trying to keep you from making with, with my experience. And I'm telling you this. And really, it started to, to really change the way our kids respond to discipline and stuff. They're, they're starting to accept it a lot more. They're, they're starting to realize, well, hey, my parents aren't just crazy because... Um, you know, you, you have like this sweet spot of, of raising kids where it's like they're sweet toddlers, then they're crazy toddlers, then they're sweet kids, then they're crazy teenagers. And so you got to find that balance and you got to get in there and, and listen, today there are so many things teaching our kids for us. Listen, let me challenge you to get in there and teach your kid and, and listen, I'm going, I'm going to get started preaching. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, make sure 
that you are uh, talking to your kids, teach them stuff. Don't just, don't just discipline them. And that's what Paul's saying here. He's like, I'm not just about to come down on you. Uh, instead, I'm writing you all the stuff and I'm writing you the stuff, I've wrote the stuff previous to you, not for your shame, but for your betterment. And and then he goes on in verse 15, it says, For even if you were to have 10,000 teachers in Christ, you would not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the good news. And then verse 16, this this is a good one. It says, so I urge you, be imitators of me. Now, we're going to park right here for a second, because I remember as a younger gentleman, I, I, I remember reading verse 16. I'm like, what exactly does verse 16 say about the character of Paul, right? Uh, um, that he, He's saying, I'm so confident with my walk with God that I'm saying that if you do, you know, like what I do, if you imitate me, then you'll get it. And, and I remember thinking, I'm like, what does that say about, that, about, about, about Paul? And, and I remember all the times I've read this, I'm like, man, that's confidence right there. But then I became a, a father and I, I've been in ministry for a long time. And I've seen what God has been doing here at Eastgate. I've seen what God's been doing in your life. And I've seen what God has done in my life. And, and I, I've grown and I've I've seen things differently and my perspective has changed on things. And so when I read verse 16, it started to hit me a little bit differently because you see, Paul is not displaying his confidence. He's not displaying his authority here. Instead, he is showing that he is burdened. And he's burdened for these people that he's writing to. He's burdened to this church. He's burdened to those people that he loves, these, these people that he believes in, these, these people that he's planted and that he's, that he's helped cultivate. And, and now this is a, a church that Paul would, listen, this is like Paul's church. You know what I mean? And, and so this is not a bunch of people that didn't know who Paul was. This is, this is people that were familiar with Paul and he's showing them that he's got a personal burden for those that he's writing to. And, and now I can just tell you, I have a piece of paper in my office that says I graduated college. So as a theologian myself, yeah. all right, good. Hey, I will say that there was one genuine amen, you bunch of heathens. Yes, ma'am. That's, yes, roll tide. That's, this is my best friend here at church. I just want y'all to know I have a plant in church to help me scream roll tide, to say amen when none of y'all want to do it, when none of y'all want to help me preach roll tide. Oh, man. There's only two of us, and still nobody heard the go dogs over the roll tides. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, yeah. Because... Because no, we really just want the Kona ice, Pastor Jeremy. We need you to hurry up. Um, so, so I want to go back and I want to read this block of scripture again. And, and this time I'm going to add in some, some uh, clues and some, some commentary that's kind of in there. And I'll, I'll break it up. I'll kind of let you know when it's in there um, as we read. Starting out at verse 14, it says, I do not write these things to shame you, but to warn and advise you as my beloved children. For even if you were to have 10,000 teachers, here's, here's the first commentary, to guide you, 
in Christ, you would not have many fathers, listen to this, who led you to Christ and assumed responsibility for you. Man, come on now. Listen to what Paul is saying. He's saying, I'm not simply talking to you, even though I have the authority to do so. You know, I, I could take the role of the teacher and I could tell you, this is what you should do. He's not just pointing where to go. He, he's, he's saying, I'm talking to you from a point of view uh, of someone who's taken responsibility for you just as a father does a child. And, and, and one transla translation uh, of the verse reads it like this. It says, there are a lot of people, now this is where it's talking about teachers and, and spiritual fathers. It says, there are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. Come on now. Come on. Let me, let me hear some. I know you. Uh, anyway. Okay. So what you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers, listen to this, willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. Now Paul is preaching here. Come on. This is good Bible right here. He, he's saying there, there are many people that's ready to tell you what you're doing wrong. And even some of those have like a good purpose to tell you what to do right. But there aren't many people willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. And then it, it, here's, here's verse 16. It says, so I urge you be imitators of me. Listen to this. Just as a child imitates his father. Now that right there is, is commentary, and basically what they're doing is they're saying, hey, this translation uh, of the word closely translates into this, which is, so I urge you be imitators of me, but you got to understand that in the context of this and in the people that, uh, that Paul was writing this to and in the culture that Paul was writing this to, that's not all that this means. It also means be imitators of me just as a child imitates his father. So this is, this is some good addition to this scripture. And reading through those verses with that added, uh, with that added context, Paul's words here start to hit differently, right? Um, We've been talking about evangelism and, and, and furthering our reach as Christians and as a church. We've been talking about discipleship uh, pretty much since that, that's kind of where we started our journey at the beginning of the year. Discipleship, uh, giving, uh, all of that good stuff. It all goes into discipleship and another part of discipleship is evangelism. So that's what we're, we're talking about now and, and, and so this kind of, this block of scripture kind of makes sense with both of it right? He, he's, he's talking about evangelism, and he's telling you, uh, if, if you kind of go with this theory, of course, I'm giving you a little bit of a spoiler alert, but if you go with this, you'll see that Paul's saying, hey, I'm writing you this to make you, okay, we got that, okay, and then he says, um, so here's what I want you to do, why I want you to do it, and then he goes, but, but here, imitate me, just as a, fa a child imitates his father. But then if we're to do that and we're to stick with that logic that Paul is doing here, then he is saying, if you do that, then at some point you're going to be saying this to somebody. At, at some point you're going to be telling somebody, I'm not telling you this to shame you, but to make you better. I'm telling you this because I've personally taken on a responsibility for you and your spiritual growth, and then you're going to be at a place to where you can say, imitate me. That's the logic trail of the scripture that, that we're doing. And, and so we're talking about this, and we're looking at it, and, and, and 
Listen, it's saying, be someone that can say, watch me and you'll get it. Or, or I wrote it like this, be someone close enough to God to say, imitate me as a child imitates their father, right? And if we're going to look at verse 16 and we're going to look at the, the, that whole block of scripture really and get more context and break it down and, and look at the things that we could take away from it today and how to, how to kind of get to this place. Um, if we're going to let it hit differently, then we have to, we have to kind of break down just a little bit further what Paul is talking about here, and, and we'll do that. But first, I want to season this message with a question. I just want to, I just want to take this and salt and pepper the whole thing with this question, all right? Is that okay? Um, I'm hungry, if you can't tell. Um, this is how bad it's got. Can I, can I be transparent with y'all? Look, it's, it's only 1119. Normally, I'm not even done with worship yet. So let's, let's chill out, guys. Um, I was so hungry when I came in this morning that I stole the kids' uh, pancakes. Um, now, before you call me a dirty sinner, um, we're not having children's church. So it, it kind of worked because we're having family Sunday. And uh, Miss Janet is awesome. And Miss Janet comes in here and she cooks pancakes for our kids every Sunday. And the last couple of Sundays, I've been smelling it. And I'm like, man, that pancake smells like it's, it's bussing. Did I use that right, Judah? No? Okay. Um, but I'm like, man, I really want some pancakes. And I go in there and there's like a stack of plates. And I'm like, I could ask whose these are or they probably won't notice. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, of, of course, I talked to Miss Janet. She's like, oh, we had lots left over. And I told her, thank you, because they were so good. But I remember just sitting there eating. Anyway, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Listen, get back to it. Get back to it. But listen, this question that I want to season the message with, does it stop with you? Now, if you're taking notes today, if, if, if you're writing stuff down, I want you to write that down. Does it stop with you? Because can I just be honest with you? It can. <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of weird. You know, I think sometimes we get intimidated with all the authority and, and power that comes with carrying the name of Jesus. But I think a lot of the time we should be more scared of the, of the, the damage that we can do when we don't. You know, because it, it can stop with you. Um, and, and so we've discussed Paul's words here. We discussed that he set the stage by, by saying, hey, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to do this. He says what he's doing, why he's doing it. And then he gives his credentials. And again, he's not saying, hey, I'm your pastor. He's not saying, hey, um, I'm the dude that planted this church. I'm, I'm the guy that told you about Jesus. I'm the guy that got this whole thing together. What he is using is his personal involvement with their spiritual growth, his personal responsibility for their spiritual growth. And he's saying, I'm not just here to guide you and teach you. I've taken personal responsibility for you when I told you about Jesus. Now, um, this made me think of what happened when I became a dad, because I can tell you life changed. Life is different. And, and so um, I made the choice, um, family Sunday, but uh, let's just say if, if uh, for, for all of us, 
um, I made the choice. Me and Rachel decided we're going to start trying to have kids. It's kind of a long story because we were also trying to adopt. It's long story that's not even done yet. But anyway, we ended up finding out that we were pregnant with Judah. And I remember when, when uh, I took him home, I was like, man, we are responsible for this joker now. <laughs> like, like there, is, there is no more. But, but it was funny because I, I chose, but I was also kind of like, I had to. Does that make sense? Like, I know you don't have to, but let's, but when you have a kid, like, that's yours, you know? And, and, and so, but, but I can tell you at no point in becoming a father did I go, oh God, I got to take responsibility for this kid. Instead, it just kind of naturally happened. It, it kind of naturally formed. And I was thinking, um, you know, well, now that makes my life different because I'm no longer living my life for me. I am living my life now for someone who I know is going to imitate me. And that's what this is talking about here. Imitate me as a child. This is literally breaking down that, hey, your kids are going to be looking at what you're doing. And so in much the same way, he's saying, everybody's going to be looking at what you're doing. Uh, and so here's what I want you to do. Imitate me. Go ahead, watch me. I'll take the responsibility and I'll say, hey, I'll put it on my back and, and, and all that. And it just reminded me of when I became a father. And, and, he's, and this is really how he's saying that I really love you because he's saying that not only have I added the responsibility of living out my own walk with Christ, but now I've added the responsibility of living my walk with Christ in a way that gives you an example to follow and even takes you you further. Amen. Uh, my, my parents in here, um, you want to take your kids further. You don't want them turning out like you. You want them going further than you did. Even if you turned out good, man, I'm awesome. And I, but I want my kid to go further. I want my kids to go further. And that as I was writing these notes, I started thinking about this idea that we have uh, that this, this, my, my ceiling becomes your floor in this church. And it's something that, that we're building into the culture of our church here is that, that we want to take you further so that, so that your ceiling becomes someone else's floor. And, and doesn't this just make sense? It makes Christianity look a little bit different because it makes sense when we're talking about our, our kids. It makes sense when we're talking about taking responsibility for, for someone. And that's what Paul's talking here. Paul is saying that, hey, I've taken the, the added responsibility of not just living my life, but living it in a way that helps you out. And so the issue that's one of the issues that's plaguing the body of Christ is we fail to move past the teacher stage in people's lives into the, the stage of, of discipleship and evangelism, to the stage where we say, hey, I'm willing to take responsibility and help you and become uh, someone who partners with you and walks this journey. And let me tell you what instead has happened. We as Christians have placed that burden on the church. Got quiet in here. We as Christians have taken that, pastor can do it. Man, no, we're online. I ain't ever got to evangelize. All I got to do is share, right? Right? We, we've put the burden on the church. And it, it's funny because 
when you start to break down the church, the church is just made up of its people. And so what you're doing is, is, is you're robbing Peter to feed Paul. And, and so when you leave these responsibilities and, and, and stuff with the church, here's what it does. It creates ineffectiveness, not just in you. It, it, it creates ineffectiveness at the church because the, the church is instead evangelizing rather than being a place where people can come and be impacted by Jesus and to gather and to feed each other and to grow and to fellowship. Instead, we have wanted to turn the church into the evangelism machine and it doesn't work. If it did, churches everywhere would be so big then we wouldn't even have to worry about anything ever again. Amen? Um, so here at, here at Eastgate, we're striving not to be that. We're striving to be people that walk with one another. And we, we're striving, when we do stuff here, like we don't just do Women of Valor so that we can have something for women to go to. We do Women of Valor because we believe that women need to get together, grow with one another. We believe that, that there's somebody that you can teach and we believe that there's somebody that, that can teach you no matter what stage of life you are what age you're at, there's always somebody that, that can better themselves from being around you and same for you. And so we try not to be that. We don't have men's ministry so we can come eat. We have men's ministry because the church needs men to be strong. Amen. Um, we, we don't have children's church so we can come and say, please take my kid before I kill him. We have children's church so we can get a strong foundation of who Jesus is because they're getting a strong foundation of who he isn't. They're getting a strong foundation uh, of, of what the world thinks Jesus is, and, and he's getting a strong foundation of the, what the world tells them is normal. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, hug. All right. Um, I love Family Sunday. Now this is, now this is, let go of my leg. 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 All right. So, um, <laughs> we want to take responsibility for those that are on this journey. And, and, and listen, again, let me encourage you, kids, parents, it doesn't matter where you are or what stage of life you are at, there's something you can learn and there's something you can teach. Now, as a good and anointed OCD pastor should, I've came up with three points to go along with my Bible verse. Amen? Amen. I did good, right? Number one, listen to me, check this out. Give them something to follow. Yeah. Come on, church. Uh, it, I'm going to take a lot of pressure off you. I, I, I'll just be honest with you. This is part, I really want y'all to pay attention to this, this kind of point because I'm going to take a lot of pressure off of you because I wish that somebody would have told me this um, when I first started becoming a Christian and, and when I first started telling people about Jesus. You're not always going to be perfect. You're not always going to nail it. And can I just tell you, when you're stepping out of your comfort and you're stepping out in faith and you're evangelizing and you're grabbing people and saying, let's go on this journey together, they're going to see you fail and you are going to see them fail. Listen to me, church. Let them see what happens next. Because oftentimes that's where the story ends, right? This, this kind of makes me sick um, if we're looking at 
if we're looking at like documentaries and stuff, there's a documentary out about Hillsong Church right now on Disney Plus, and I haven't watched it. Um, I'm sure it's probably good. I, I, not Disney Plus, Discovery Plus. I love documentaries, um, but it all stems from a fall of a pastor that was a staff pastor at Hillsong, New York, and they're still suffering repercussions from that. Listen, listen, listen. That will take a Christian and turn them bitter and, and make them never want to do anything but live their own life. And can I tell you, if you live long enough, it's probably gonna happen to you. Um, people are gonna see you fail you're going to see them fail. Let them see what happens when the grace, the power, and the healing of Jesus comes on you. Let them, let them see what's different because, again, that's often where we hear this, the, the, the story stop, right? We see the fall, but we never see the, the redemption. We never see the healing. And, and, you know, a lot of that has to do with, with media. But, you know, you can make a difference in your life of what people see. You write the commentary in your life of what people see. If people people see you fail, that doesn't mean that you just drop everything and you run away. That means you pick yourself up, you let God heal you, you let God restore you, and then you say, hey man, I made a mistake, but isn't the glory of God awesome that I could come and say, hey, I'm sorry, I, need, I repent, I need forgiveness. And listen to me, church, I changed, I was reading over my message yesterday, and I changed this whole part of my message because I just felt so much anointing on this. Listen to me, listen to me online, listen to me, lean in. If you live with the burden of perfection, you're never going to be able to take responsibility for anyone but yourself. You're never going to be able to step out in faith and step out in that calling. And so what that's going to do is it's going to leave you frustrated and discouraged because there are certain things that we were created to do as a Christian. And when we don't do those things, we start to plateau on those things. And, and, and listen, I can just tell you that Christians don't stay plateaued for long. They either move forward or they, they don't. There is no such thing as I found the good place of Christianity and I stayed there. There is no I found my dreamland. <laughs> you know what I, what I mean? There, this is a journey. It's going to change. You're going to look different on every season uh, of your walk with God. And, and you might have a season where you're going through this, and then you might have a season of, of strength. You might have a valley season or a mountain season. But can I just tell you that it's still a journey. And if you're plateaued, you will get frustrated. You will get discouraged. And, and uh, just a little like mini sermon for you. Just like you have to grow as a kid, like we're born, we're infants, and then we go into toddlers. I call them nightmares. Um, and, and then you go to like kids, and then you go to preteens and all that. Y'all get it. You, go, you grow up physically, you grow up mentally. In that same way, we grow as believers, right? It, wherever you are in that journey, whether or not you're a little kid Christian or whether or not you've been a Christian longer than Methuselah in the Bible, right? Um, it doesn't matter 
matter uh, whatever season you're in, listen, wherever you are in that journey, live in that season, live in that place, learn from that season, grow from it, love it, own it, accept it. Because here's the thing, you're growing. And that season is going to turn you into who you are in the next season. Just like the season that you're in now was built off of what God did in the previous season. And, and so God's doing these things and he, he, he's growing. But just listen, listen to me. Just make sure you're growing. Just make sure you're growing. Um, trust God and his word. Find out who you are in Christ and, and don't be afraid to take someone along on the journey with you. Amen? Don't be afraid to take responsibility for, for people because can I just tell you, they're going to mess up too. And they're going to, to fail too and people are going to see them too. And they're going to go through a lot of the same things that you go through. But I, I'm telling you, there's something different about doing this journey together. And, and let me ask you something. Doesn't that take kind of some of the awkwardness out of evangelism and, and discipleship when you, when, you, uh, when you know that, hey, if it's God's will, it's God's bill, right? I, I love that. It, it's probably one of my favorite sayings because here's the thing. If God has called you to do it, no matter what it is, he is going to equip you or he has already. That is not something that is undetermined. That is not something that you have to worry about. And, and, and so if God has called us to go and make disciples and go and tell people about Jesus, then you have to know that, that yes, we're going to run into some people that doesn't want to hear it. We're going to run into some people that's going to reject it, laugh at it, hate it. But at some point, it is going to make a difference because God called you to do it. And if he's called you to do it, then there's a purpose behind it and you will be prepared to do it. Amen? And, and, and so if it's God's will, it's God's bill, and kids in here, parents, online, listen, everybody has a calling on your life. And again, that's where a lot of the times I think we think of calling as like a pastor or a position in a church. No, 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 no. We all have a calling on our purpose uh, in our life. Let me say it like this. There are problems on this earth. There are things on this earth. There are things that people are going through and dealing with. That, that you are God's solution for that. You are the person that's going to speak that life to them, to, that, that's going to pray for them to, to receive healing. You are that perpen, person, and you have a purpose. And that's a big deal, church. Listen, that is a big deal, but it shouldn't be scary or intimidating. It should be honoring for us. Because listen, what, what God's saying is, listen, I could have went out there and just swept everybody up in this big old cloud of salvation. But instead, what I did is I took care of the perfection part. I need you to tell people about it. I need you to show people the difference that it makes. I need you to build the church. I can build the salvation, but I need you to build the church. And that's the, the calling. And there's there's just something that I think is innately scary about it. But I don't think it should. I think it, I think it should be honoring. I think it should be special that we get to think about this. We get to look at the people that we come into contact every day and we get to see the value on their life. Because can I, can I tell you, there is value on everybody's life. And, and I know that we don't always nail it 
living out in the world, but everybody has value. The people that you secretly sometimes judge has value. The, the, the people that's had a bad day at the restaurant, they have value. They all have value, and they have value to Jesus, and they should have value to us. I don't know why I chased that rabbit. Somebody needs to get saved this morning. Now, um, listen to this, too. You are already equipped for where you are right now in your walk with God. God is there. God, God is, is always with us. God, it's a relationship. It's, a grow, it's not something where he's just like, hey, kids, I hope you, hope you figure it out on the way. I, ho- I hope you got it. And so with that comes equipping, right? And it's amazing. One thing that my son has learned that he doesn't have to worry about is when I tell him, hey, let's go do something, he doesn't w- worry about whether or not I brought the stuff we need to do it. If we go fishing, he doesn't worry if I've brought the fishing poles and the tackle. If we go hiking, he doesn't worry if I've brought snacks, drinks. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> um, he, he, he doesn't worry about that because he knows that I'll equip it. And the same thing is true for God. If he's our heavenly father, he will equip us. And listen to me, church. People do not need your perfection. They need your progress. They need your progress. Because a lot of people want to give up. And a lot of people do give up. Because it is hard sometimes. It is not always easy. And if it is, then you should be preaching. (laughs) All right, number two. Lead where you have been led, right? Give people a life to follow, but, but they can't follow you where you have never been. Now, this is going to be pretty quick. All my parents in here, um, this is, you'll be able to relate with this. People online, listen, listen. As I tell you this story online, drop your favorite one or drop some pray hand, praying hands in there. Uh, drop some baby faces. Do something in the chat to let me know you're with me. Um, Have you ever heard your kids say something that you say, but when they say it, it sounds so much worse? (laughs) Right? Right? It sounds so much worse. Um, You might have even heard some of this. uh, Rachel's playing it off really good, but she has hurt her foot, and so she's got like a slight limp. And uh, when Rachel gets hurt, it is always the same thing. She goes, oh, shoot! Like that, okay? So, as a joke, and to kind of just kind of like disarm, because I'm always joking, it probably isn't good when Rachel hurts herself to joke, but hey, you know, disarm the situation, right? And, and so what will happen a lot of the times is Rachel will do it, and I'll hear her wind up, because she winds up, <gasps> and I'm like, shoot, 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 shoot. She was going to say shoot you know, and just kind of make a joke with my kids. So Lila was getting up on our bed the other day and she kind of fell and she goes, shoot, 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 shoot. I was going to say shoot. And I'm like, and it sounds so much worse coming from her because she's so small too. So it's not just you have this four-year-old that's saying something, but she's so small and she's so cute, you know, and then, uh, she, uh, oh man, she's heard, I don't know which one of her parents yell at the dog sometimes. I'm just gonna, I don't know. We'll just put it, put it out there. We don't know who does this, but um, 
let's just say that the dog got her food and Lila goes, you stupid, idiot, freaking dog. And I'm like, sounds terrible. Like, I'm just going to stop talking. Because like when you're in a, when you're in a conversation with, with an adult and you're like, ah, stupid dog. But when you're in a conversation with a four-year-old, it's so much different, right? And, and, and so drop me some examples from your kids uh, in, in the chat. I'm sure there's some good ones. Keep it, keep it PG, Family Sunday. Um, but here's where I'm going with this. You have to be discipled before you can disciple others. And here's why. Because the church exists so that people can have a safe place to come and experience the presence of God and the power of God. And, and uh, to, to come and be alone and to pray and to struggle and to learn. Um, but, but if we've never submitted to being discipled, then we are more likely to mismanage the discipleship of others. Sorry, I hiccuped. That was weird. One hiccup. Has anybody ever one hiccuped? Okay. Weirdos. All right. So to mismanage the discipleship of others. And here's a big thing. The most damaging thing to a church is Christians who are undiscipled trying to disciple because they don't know what they're doing, and so they're more likely to mismanage the discipleship in, uh, of others. And so what a lot of time hurt happens is, again, you leave others frustrated and hurt, you get frustrated and hurt, and it hurts the mission of the church. And, and so I was thinking about this, and we even see Paul submitting uh, to authority and submitting to being discipled in the book of Acts. In Acts 9, 17, it says, So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to you that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. He got up, was baptized, and then afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. I put that last part in there because I want you to know that Paul loved barbecue too. Amen? And so it's a big part of being a Christian is that you got to get up and you got to eat is what I'm saying. And Paul said it. Anyway, um, notice as I'm reading through this scripture, did you notice that it never says Paul? Now, this is after <laughs> Jesus has already said, hey, from now on, you'll be named Paul, and I'm going to send you into... This is already after that charge, after, after that. He's already got the scales on his eyes, but here we see Saul. He's still being referred to as Saul. Um, submit, and it wasn't until after this moment in Scripture that we start to see him referred to as Paul. Now, I think that's funny that Paul, who would go on to, to just be a world changer, can we just say that Paul's a world changer, that, that Jesus used Paul to, to do some, some many great works, and here we see his journey begin with having to submit to someone to pray for him that he didn't even know. Okay, so we see Paul submitted. And, and it's funny because this was Paul's first step towards being able to say, imitate me. Um, worship, our worship team, Dave, if you would come up and, and uh, give me some music behind me. We're not going to have like a super long uh, altar today, but uh, I do, I do want to spend some time praying for you guys as I close. Um, number three, it says, see past, see beyond your past disappointments. 
See beyond your past disappointments. I, I, I got a story I kind of want to tell you. It's just kind of a quick story. But I remember being saved as a teenager. I, I had a pretty weird uh, childhood. So when I was nine, my dad uh, left and pretty much just left us. Like he'd bounce in randomly throughout my life. But for the most part, from nine years old, I, I pretty much didn't have a dad until I was about 13 where my mom met my stepdad. Now, my stepdad and I get along great now, but we did not then. It was awful, and it was so awful that as a teenager at 16, me and my mom decided that it would be better for me to move out on my own and go ahead and get started with life uh, than to continue to live there any longer. And so uh, at 16, I moved out on my own. And, and so I was a Christian teenage boy that lived on his own. So needless to say, let's just say I made mistakes, right? Um, and I was going through stuff. I was going through stuff. And can, can I just tell you, man, people at my school thought that it was the life, dude. You live alone at 16. Yeah, I got two jobs to pay for that stupid, stinking apartment that I live alone at 16. Um, I didn't have my parents. I didn't do good in school because I didn't have my parents saying, I'm not telling you this to shame you. And, and so my life kind of started falling apart. But what I, I, I noticed is I, I was still telling everybody about Jesus. I was still trying. I was still trying to dig in. But I started to notice that people only notice the mistakes. They only noticed the, the bad. They didn't notice the, the change that ha had happened. They didn't, they didn't take time to wonder what I was going through. And, and instead, they were just like, hey, man, this dude says he's a Christian, but I just saw him cuss. This dude says he's a Christian, but like, you know, I know that he drinks at his apartment. This, this, this kid, and I, I remember sitting there, and I, I remember sitting there, I'm like, this is so damaging. And I'm a teenager. <laughs> Could you imagine that? This is so damaging and it's too risky. And so I decided I was going to stop. Like I was just going to, Jesus and me can be all cool, you know, change my life. I'm not telling any of these people, not doing any of these things because it, it, it's ultimately doing no good. So I stopped telling a pe about, a people about Jesus. I stopped taking responsibility for that. And before long, I, I found myself struggling with my relationship with Jesus. I was questioning if he was even real at one point. Now, I got saved and God radically changed my life. And then here I am. And I'm wondering if God is real because of my experience. And so listen to me, church. Again, this is part of my message I changed because I believe that there's either someone here. I'm, you can hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm struggling. I believe there's someone here or someone that's listening online that needs to hear this. You will always have people see your mistakes. Always. Always. You will have people see your mistakes. But listen to me, don't let that keep you from realizing the potential of who you are. Because that's ultimately, I mean, I was thinking about this and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of bondage that we get into that has nothing to do with sin. 
This is a type of bondage that just has to do with us being, being scared. It has to, has to do with us being hurt. It has to do with us not being, not being ready. And, and, and so what I found is we live in this state of insecurity. Rachel talked about it today, man. She could have just closed right there. You know, when Judah wants to talk to us, I don't care if you're on fire with a halo and a big t-shirt that says, I'm Jesus. He will interrupt you to get to me. <laughs> he will come to me with boldness and security. Um, and, and, and so when we live in a state of insecurity, what I've noticed is we tend to use people as tools rather than, rather than people. Like we'll start to notice that the people in our lives are only really tools for our growth. Like they really just encourage us to, to, to make us better or it's somebody that we can use to get better. And that's kind of, I, I'm not talking about in the way that you encourage one another and iron sharpens iron. I'm talking in the way that, that you think I'm talking about in the way that you're pushing people behind you to get in front of them. And that's what happens when we live in insecurity because what insecurity does is it tells us that if somebody goes before us, then there's not enough left for us. And there is nothing biblical about that or about the grace of God or the power of God or the salvation of God that lines up with that. And so I want to challenge you to today to be someone that can live in security, to abide in the fact that all God's promises are already true, or to, to remember 1 Thessalonians 5.24 that says, he who called you is faithful and he will do it. Isn't that simple? He who called you is faithful and he will do it. We can live there every day. We can operate there every day. And when we do, we can let go of our failures and we can let go of our disappointments and we can really start to take responsibility of others on their journey. And so what I want to do, we're closing, like I said, I didn't feel like a, 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 this big need to have like this big snotty pray, prayer time at the end of, at end of service. What I did feel like is that I needed to say this and it would hit where it needs to hit. And so what, here, here's what I want to do is if you would bow your head and close your eyes. Um, if you're watching online, do the same thing, you bunch of sinners. I'm going to judge you. Um, we want this to be private. We want it to be, we want it to be special. But here's the deal. I personally believe that I just don't ever want to have a chance to have the microphone at a church and, and preach and not give people a chance to accept Jesus. Now, I know a lot of us are, are home folk in here uh, this morning, but you know what? Again, you don't ever know what anybody is going through. And so what I want to do is if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want to change that, will you just look up at me real quickly? Just kind of toss your hand up again a, a, a little bit. You don't have to, like, I see that hand. Thank you. Um, you don't have to come up front. You don't have to keep your hands up or anything. Just, I'm not going to embarrass you. It's just between you and God. I'm going to give us a couple more seconds. Anyone else? Okay. The other group of people that as we close today, we're just going to pray. And you pray 
with me and agree with me, and I'm going to pray over you. But the, the second group of people is those that I felt this burden for this message for, man. I really hope that, that you were able to receive what you needed to from this message. But just so I know how to pray, if that's you and this message hits you, if you needed to hear this, will you just raise your hand? Let me pray for you. Okay, I see those hands. Hands going up. All right. Give us a couple more seconds. Don't be scared. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to embarrass us. I'm not going to call you out or anything. I'm just going to pray for you. I just want to know. All right. I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you for what you've done, Lord. Thank you. First of all, we, we had a decision for Jesus this morning, a decision to to want to follow you. So first of all, we want to come behind them already, and we just we just say, Lord, meet them where they are, God. I pray as they're they're making this decision, as they're as they're moving into this, and as we've talked about partnering up and moving alongside with people, Lord, let them be surrounded and let them surround themselves with people that they can walk through this life together because there's a lot better chance of being effective and successful. And so, Lord, I pray for that. I pray that right now. And then those that that, Lord, this message spoke to them. God, I, I had this special burden for, for some of these. And, and, and God, right now, I just pray for that. I don't know exactly what situations or, or, or the details, Lord, but you do. And so right now, God, I pray that you move in their life, wherever you need them to move, wherever you need to move, God, you touch, you heal if they need to forgive, if they need to be healed, God, I pray that you do it, Lord. We believe that your word says is true, that you are faithful and that you will do it, God. I pray that as a, as a church, we can start to be a culture of, of change that just is not scared or intimidated to go out and really just tell people about Jesus and, and, and show people who Jesus is. A, a, a people that can say, hey, listen, I'm not just telling you what to do. I'm not just telling you the right thing to do, but instead I'm giving you a life to follow and I'm going to be there with you and we're going to learn and we're going to pray and we're going to do this life together. Lord, let us be a culture that does that. Let us be a church that does that. Let us be a church that reaches people outside of these four walls. Let us not be a church that, that is burdened by trying to get people saved by only programs because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So again, we thank you. We give you glory and honor. Can we give God praise this morning? Yes. Jesus, you are awesome. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Man, what a fun day in church. Amen. What a fun day in church. Hey, who's ready for some snow cones? Y'all ready for some snow cones? All right. Let's, uh, listen, 
Let's go. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have the Kona Ice. Now, this may change uh, if Rachel has changed where they're parked, but the plan is this morning is we're going to have them park up against that fence over there, and then we're going to run the line kind of that way. That way we're not we're not just blocking people that are, are trying to leave or we have our friends at Tecondo Vitas coming in and we do not want to, to block them uh, from being able to come in and have church today as well. But listen, free Kona Ice. We may even, if, if uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of people, we may start grabbing people from the road. Amen. So let's not be scared. I love you guys. Thank you. And uh, listen, y'all have a good week.